What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. And as always, I'm joined by my man, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. And I'm Jeff Fennell. Rob, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, what's up, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Better than okay. Um, better than the Cowboys. Um, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. My boys took it on the chin against the 49ers in the wild card round over the weekend. But all in all, I thought it was some pretty good football. It wasn't the best. It wasn't like we had a, you know, we had six games and quite frankly, I think the Cowboys 49ers was the closest game on the scoreboard because uh, we had a few blowouts. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like we had games that came down to the wire, but uh, I'm doing better than they are. But some good football, and I think some better football ahead. Uh, quick thoughts on the weekend before we talk about each one of the games that we saw. I think if you're a football fan, man, you were happy having pretty much games every single day. Um, if you're a fan of those teams, then you really had fun, especially if your team won. I don't think there were a lot of surprises, I would say, over this weekend. Um, and obviously, we'll get into each game. But, um, yeah, man, NFL playoffs, it's always a fun time. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, last weekend, as we said, there were six games. Um, you know, you were 5-1 and one in your games. Um, in the games, I was 4-2. and two. So congrats to you on nearly coming away with a with a clean sweep. Uh, but you also had the misfortune of picking the Cowboys as well to spoil yeah. your perfect record. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the first game that was on tap, I mean, you, you called it, uh, you know, you, when you talked about the Bengals beating the Raiders and, you know, you, you put it right, you know, on, you know, Burrow and Chase and, you know, and they were, they were difference makers, you know, Jamal Chase again, you know, was doing his thing and, and Joe Burrows was doing his. And so you were right on that one. Um, you know, that was just, it was just too much of those two. Yeah. And those two guys, man, I said last week, a dynamic duo. And it's crazy. Cause you know, they, they played in college together. They have this chemistry, which is, you don't really see this too often where guys played in college and then end up in the NFL together on the same team. But man, those those two guys and Joe Burrow has something about him. It's this swag. It's almost what people thought maybe what Baker Mayfield was gonna be, or even going back Johnny Football, what they thought he was gonna be. Joe Burrow has that swag, but he backs it up with his play. And it's just the dude is phenomenal, man. That's a great young quarterback coming up in the league. I agree. And it's it's funny, you mentioned two guys who sort of had the swag, but it was phony swag, I think. Yeah. And especially with, with Johnny Manziel, uh, Baker Mayfield, I think is probably a better version of Johnny Manziel. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Burrow has the swag and he has the talent to go along with it. Right. Um, and again, Manziel and Baker are talented athletes. You have to be to play at the highest level. Right. But 
even when you get to the highest level, then there's also distinctions. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got, you know, you, you, you got certain quarterbacks. Yeah, they're better than everybody else. You know, Joe Fan, but they're not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or so forth. And so I think that, you know, Burrow is like on his way to being the elite and those other guys are not. And, um, you know, so, yeah, the Bengals did what they had to do. You know, the other game that was on Saturday, um, the the Bills and the Patriots, um, we kind of called that one, too, saying that that was going to be, you know, something where Josh Allen was just and the Bills were just going to send Belichick and the Patriots home. And that's exactly what happened. It was not a competitive game at all. No, not not even close, man. And I think this is going to be a learning experience for Mac Jones. His first taste of the playoffs, his first season. Not much expectation. I didn't think they would even come close to winning. I didn't think it would be such a blowout, though. But listen, man, Josh Allen. That that dude came to play. He was not there to mess around. He wasn't going to let anything stop him. Five touchdowns, man. That's insane. Yeah. And it's not like the what? Patriots' defense is something to kind of with that. Like that's a legit defense, but man, yeah, yeah, more touchdowns than incompletions. Insane. So you you know he was balling out. So the final score in that one was forty-seven seventeen. So it, you know that one was not close. Um, another game that wasn't close was Buccaneers Eagles. And, you know, I think we both felt that this one would probably be a game that would get away from Philadelphia because just of the disparity in the quarterbacks, right? You have future Hall of Famer Tom Brady and you have a nice quarterback coming up in in, in terms of Jalen Hurts, but he, he and you saw it on 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 Sunday. He's he still has some developing to do as far as being able to throw the passes that he needs to throw um, in order to be a successful NFL quarterback. And, you know, the Eagles got here by relying on their running game and trying to do that was not going to be enough to beat Brady and the, and, and, and the Bucks. And we both kind of said that coming in and that's exactly what happened. They got overmatched. Yeah. And the score is a lot closer than what the game was because the Eagles scored 15 they're 15 points in the last quarter, but I hope what I do hope is that Jalen hurts. Isn't too criticized or looked at or loses his job or anything like that because of this game, you know, you have to look at the matchup and, and the Eagles, frankly, they made it to the playoffs. Sure. But they weren't really a great team this season. And I think Jalen hurts, like you said, he still needs to develop. He still needs to kind of get that, that, that more of that quarterback knowledge under his belt. So I hope that he gets an opportunity next year to prove, you know, that he's the guy there. But, you know, it, it's, it was going to be impossible to pick against Tom Brady, and especially against this game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, um, yeah, so that that one wasn't wasn't that close. Now, I think the game that most people were looking forward to and as a Cowboys fan, I was was the Cowboys 49ers. Um, I picked the Cowboys, but I was on record of saying I didn't like the matchup. I thought San Fran was a tough matchup for them physically. And I think that proved to be the case. I think on the front line, they got after Dak. Um, and I thought on the offensive side of the ball, they they kind of pushed the Cowboys around and gashed them on the ground with Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel doing their thing. 
Um, but I I think in addition to that, and the 49ers deserve credit for that, I think the storyline here, one of the major storylines here was just the the poor play of the Cowboys and the undisciplined play. You know, 14 penalties, um, bonehead plays, um, just doing things that didn't make sense when they were trying to trick the 49ers into calling a timeout by keeping their punter on the field and the 49ers didn't fall for it. And the Cowboys ended up wasting a minute. Now you think about that in a game in which it came down to a couple of seconds before yeah. they spiked the ball and whether the game would have continued or not. And you go back to that play and say, you know, typical Cowboys. I mean, they just shot themselves in the foot. Uh, 49ers deserved to win that game. Uh, and they did win it 23 to 17, but the Cowboys came up flat and played some really bad um, football. And like many people, I wonder exactly what Mike McCarthy does as a coach, because he seems clueless when he's on the sideline. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I was leading in terms of like the penalties and the team not being disciplined. Like you mentioned, I think a lot of that has to fall on coaching. And you wonder if McCarthy is the guy, you know? Yeah, he has a Super Bowl on his resume and all this stuff. And But that doesn't, that doesn't win games today. So you wonder if he's going to be the guy moving forward to coach that team. You know, there, there's talk about maybe Dan Quinn, if they're going to move him up, even though he's interviewing for other jobs uh, that are open around the league. So I don't know, man. It's a lot of question marks with McCarthy from the moment he was hired. And those questions continue today. But this game, man, it was such a toss-up. I I almost switched my pick, and I picked the Cowboys to win this game. But I almost switched my pick to the 49ers as we were talking last week about it. it that's how unsure I was of this game. But, man, I, I think all fingers should be pointed, and rightfully so, at, at McCarthy for this one. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, but I think there's blame to go around or finger pointing to go around. I don't think Dak Prescott played a good game. I thought he, you know, as he's been doing over the, as, as he was doing over the past six, seven games of the season, you know, some bad throws, missing guys who were open. Uh, The offensive line, you know, was leaky and, you know, they couldn't establish a running game. And those are all things we saw over the second half of the season crop up as problems and you know they couldn't get it solved against a a really uh solid 49ers team so um cowboys go home 49ers go on um steelers and chiefs now this was a game where i said it was going to be over at halftime um i wrote it down i said it was 44 to 13 was going to be the score turned out to be 42-21, so it wasn't as lopsided as I said it might be, but it wasn't a close game. Um, you were close. Kansas City took care of them. In, white, in what might be the farewell game for Ben Roethlisberger. So um, that game uh, was now another blowout. Yeah, I would say so. I think that this is another game where I felt like the Chiefs kind of just once they, they took that lead before the half, it was kind of like you knew it was done. I think it was 21-7 by the half. By mm-hmm. that time, you knew that's, it, that's game over. Um, right. So Ben Roethlisberger, um, and we spoke about this a little bit last week, Hall of Fame career, 
Um, great guy. Should have retired last year. <laughs> I still don't know how the Steelers even made it there. But, yeah, man, this is this was Chiefs all the way. All the way. And Kelsey had a great game, 5 for 108 with a touchdown. Mahomes, another 400 yards, five touchdowns. That Chiefs team, they, they turned it on for the playoffs. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do for next week. Right. And that game was 42-21. And then another blowout was Rams over the Cardinals in a game that probably not a lot of people watched. But that one was 34 um, Eleven, um, over the over the Cardinals, um, a team like the Cowboys that played very poorly over the second half. I mean, at one point the Cardinals were like ten and two or ten and three, yeah. and you know they lost like five out of the last six, six out of the last seven, including the playoff game. So, um, yeah, they kind of lost their mojo, and um, they got sent packing. Um, but it does set up, um, it does set up, you know, a very interesting division round, you know, and that, as we're talking, um, a story is just coming over now that Dak Prescott is saying that he deeply regrets and he apologizes, uh, for his comments about fans throwing objects at the officials. And I don't know if you saw after the game, you know, when that game ended, when the Cowboys ran the clock out on themselves and they were mad because, you know, the the umpire had to set the ball. And, you know, there was, you know, some confusion there and the Cowboys thought they should be able to get the snap off. Um, You know, and officials, you know, said, nope, this game is over. And fans in Cowboys Stadium were throwing debris as folks were exiting into the tunnel and Dak thought they were throwing debris at Cowboys players. And he said, man, that's unfortunate. They shouldn't do that and whatever. And, and so they told him, no, no, no. They were throwing debris at, at the referees, at the officials. And then Dak said, Oh, well credit to them then. Mm-mm. And I thought to myself, that's the wrong thing to say, bro. Yeah. Right. And I'm surprised that it took, two days for him to get to the point where he's issuing an apology. But as I said, the story just came over now that, yeah, he, he issued an apology for the statement that he made. Um, What are your thoughts about that? There are times that athletes or humans in general should bite their tongue. That was one of them. I think that he, when he's told that, Oh no, they're throwing stuff at the referees that's when you continue with the, with the statement you just said and say, well, that's unfortunate. They shouldn't be doing that as well. Um, I'm sure somebody got in contact with him, whether it was the league or the Cowboys front office saying, listen, you gotta, or even his PR people, you gotta, you gotta issue an apology because what you said, it's not going over right. So um, I guess good for him for issuing the apology should have happened sooner. He shouldn't have even said it honestly you know what what i don't know and what's unclear from the story and again it's just coming out as we're speaking um is i don't know how he issued the apology i don't know if he issued a statement um oh now it i looks, do see it. he it he did like it by twitter, twitter. Yeah. yeah so here, here's the thing that you know and again this is the age we live in right julius randall does of the knicks right 
you know, does his thumbs down. He does his Javi Baez imitation, right? And he does his <laughs> thumbs down to booing New York fans at Madison Square Garden. And then a couple of days later when he says, dude, somebody tried that already. And um, it didn't turn out too well. So you may want to. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then he issues an apology <laughs> on Instagram. And here Dak now issues an apology on Twitter. And I get it how Instagram and Twitter, right? Everything gets picked up, right? Not only to your followers, but like here, this story's all yeah. over the place. So I get it, um, you know, but uh, you, you kind of like people to maybe step back up to the mic, <laughs> right? I know. And say it in person, but. Maybe, That's unheard of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so so for what that is worth, but the Cowboys kind of gone out of the playoffs and I think not, you know, they didn't put a good showing on the field and when and I think Dak probably because, you know, his emotions were raw immediately after yeah. the game, he really didn't help any with that comment, which I thought was just not in keeping with what he's presented himself to be all these years. So it was kind of surprising to see him, hear him say that, but also too, just not something that any athlete should be saying. So, all right, but on to the division round, man. Um, four games starting on Saturday and you ready to, you ready to put your five and one record up uh, to see if you can improve it or are you going to try to rest on your laurels? Cause I'm only one game behind you. No, let's do this. All right. All right. Let's see if you can hold on if I'm going to catch up. All right. So <laughs> so you want to put the pressure on me to go first? The first game up is Bengals-Titans. Yeah, you take this one. Okay. This is a tough one. Okay. It is a tough one. And, you know, I, I, I've i been thinking about this one. I, I like Tennessee's uh, defense, right? I think it's yeah. tough. I think they hit hard. You know, they picked up that 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 guy from the Houston Texans. Um, I think his name is Zach Cunningham, linebacker. And he's just added, like, some real aggression to that defense. And I think they're really tough. But I, I have a rule right now. I'm going, to, I'm going to make all of my picks this weekend based on who has the best quarterback. Because I think at this stage – quarterbacks mm. win your games and so it's only because of that and i know derrick henry might be coming back from the foot injury and i and i really like derrick henry i like to see him run and i love to see him give the stiff arms that guy oh yeah flattening guys <laughs> you know and i so derrick henry's my man um ryan Tannehill is not and so because of that you know i'm going with the best quarterback and I'm going with the Bengals. I was really hoping you'd go with Tennessee because I want to pick the Bengals. I tell you, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm having a hard time picking against Joe Cool, man. That dude is just too too good right now, and he has he has an it factor right now. And I'm going to continue to roll with him. And like you said, the Titans defense is, is pretty darn good. Derrick Henry, if he comes back, he's one of those guys that you might get worried if you see, you know, the first quarter he's not doing his thing, second quarter. But then as the game goes on, that guy heats up, and that's when you'll see those stiff arms all over ESPN and everywhere else. But I got to go with the Bengals, man. 
I'm liking what, what Joe Burrow is showing. Yeah. Okay. So we both picked Cincinnati in that one. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is I just wonder how effective Henry will be given the long layoff. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. And that game is the first game up on Saturday at 430. Um, it's followed by 49ers Packers at Lambeau Field. Um, man, this is a good one, too, because, you know, you could see the physical nature of of uh, San Francisco playing itself out again in this game, even though, you know, Green Bay has a good running game, too, so they can mix it up uh, on the ground and get physical on the front line as well. I think, you know, you know, Nick Bosa went out, you know, he left the uh, game against the Cowboys in the first half uh, with a concussion. Don't know what his status is for the game. And then their linebacker, um, Fred Warner, um, you know, uh, had an injury and don't know his status. So that obviously is going to be important. Um, And so this one could be exciting. Um, Probably going to be cold as heck in Lambeau Field. Um, But again, on my oversimplified system for this week, I'm going with the best quarterback. You know, there's a part of me that wishes that the 49ers knock Aaron um, immunized Rodgers out <laughs> of the playoffs, um, um, partly because I don't like man buns and all the rest of that stuff, and he's been wearing those lately. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go with the team with the best quarterback once again and so I'm picking the the Green Bay Packers. This game is going to be a blowout. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for five touchdowns and he's going to blow them out. He is going to destroy the fort and and Jimmy G is hurt. He has a sprained thumb, his shoulder hurts now. He's walking into Lambeau Field where it's going to be God knows what temperature. They got no chance. This is my blowout game of the week. I'm sorry. I'm just writing some stuff down. (laughs) I have a a feeling I'm going to need some evidence next week. So Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. 49ers have no chance. Zero. Oh, and for emphasis, zero. Okay. <laughs> I just want to get everything down because uh, we'll talk about this one next week. Um, you, do you care to, like, pick a score? Nostradamus? Ooh. What's five touchdowns? Uh, we'll go... 35. I'll, I'll give it the 44 to 13 you gave the Chiefs and Steelers. I'll I'll give those same numbers. Okay. All righty then. So okay, so we both have Packers <laughs> and Bengals, but you have gone out extra on the limb of talking about this is no contest. Um we'll see how it goes. Um we go to Sunday, Rams and the Buccaneers. Uh your guy Stafford, he got his first playoff win uh against the Cardinals. And so, you know, he's riding that wave a little bit. And then, of course, Tom Brady just keeps on doing Tom Brady things. Um, And it should be a good matchup. Who do you like? 
Oh, man. Last week I said you'd never pick against Tom Brady. Uh, Stafford did exactly what I told them to do. So they listened to me. I said, play game manager. Don't turn the ball over. Don't do anything crazy. And you'll win the game. They listened. They won the game. Oh, I've been good. This is my my toss-up game here. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to pick the Rams. I think the defense will make Tom Brady run around. And you know that man cannot run at all. And I think the Rams' defense is going to be the difference maker in this game. And they're going to win it. A close one. But they're going to take it and knock out Tom Brady. I might regret those words. But, I mean, I regret, as a Jets fan, I regretted those words a lot. But I'm going with the Rams. That's a that's an interesting pick. I mean, look the the Rams defensive front, you know, especially with with, with Aaron Donald, uh, and um, and you couple that with Tampa Bay's offensive line being banged up. Yeah. Um, you know, it does make it interesting because the Eagles were able to put pressure on Brady and sack him, you know, three or four times last weekend. And so, you know, that combination up front doesn't bode well. But Brady is so smart and he's so experienced. You can imagine that they're going to be doing a lot of quick passes. You know what I mean? So that he's not, you know, deep in the pocket and waiting for routes to, you know, develop and all the rest of that stuff. You know what I mean? Um and, you know, I think the running game last week was pretty good and it remains to be seen this week. But again, my simplified formula, I'm going with the best quarterback. Makes it easy. I'm going with Tom Brady, right, at home um, to beat the Rams and Matthew Stafford. So I'm picking the Buccaneers in that one. Um, and now we get to the last game, probably the best game on paper. Um yeah. And that is the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Um, who wants to go? You want me to go first on this one? Because see, this one, see, this is where the best quarterback thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit closer. The other games is easy, right? You know what I mean? Who's the best quarterback in those other games? This one's a little bit dicier. Um, you know, I, I like Josh Allen, man. I like all the things he brings. I like, I like the bills. Um, and I think the bills feel they have some unfinished business against Kansas city being knocked out of the playoffs last year by them and wanting to, you know, avenge that they beat them this year in the regular season, but that doesn't count. Um, so there's, you know, there's a part of me that says, you know, I'm going with the bills to upset them. But I'm picking the Chiefs. And and the reason why I'm picking the Chiefs is not because I think Patrick Mahomes is clearly better than Josh Allen, even though if I had to pick between the two, I'm picking Mahomes primarily because he's won it all before and Josh Allen hasn't yet. Right. But I think the the, the bigger reason I'm going to go with Mahomes and the Chiefs is because they're playing in Kansas City. And I think that crowd and that stadium with all that noise, the cold weather, everything else, 
gives Kansas City a little bit more of an edge. So, And they're going to need every edge they can get. I think this is an exciting game. I think this is a close game. This might come down to the last drive of the game, whoever has the ball in their hands. Um, but uh, in in a game that has great two great quarterbacks, gunslingers, guys who can run the ball, run with the ball and throw and do all these great things, I'm going to go with Mahomes and the Chiefs. Man, this is one of those games that as an NFL fan or just even a casual fan, you want to sit down and watch from beginning to end because these two guys are gunslingers. These two guys are both big physical tech quarterbacks, especially Josh Allen. The dude can run. And I think sometimes that part of his game is overshadowed or not looked at. But ooh, I'm going to go with Buffalo, man. I'm going to go with the – we'll call it an upset. But I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think Josh Allen – has something to prove this year. Um, the, the Bills were questioned a little bit before the playoffs. Um, they were embarrassed with that Patriots game where the Patriots ran it about 416 times against them. <laughs> and I think that kind of flipped the switch for them in their head, in their mentality. And Josh Allen has something to prove. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going with the Bills. Matter of fact, okay. I'm going with the Bills. That's a confident pick. Okay. So, um, all right. So you were, you were five and one this week. I was four and two this week. And with the picks you just made with the Rams and the bills, you're going to allow me to go past you. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. Um, so (laughs) thank you very much. (laughs) Write that down. Okay. All right. So we'll see what happens. But listen, some really good games, though, I think, coming up. Yeah. And I and again, I, I just like the quarterbacks that are playing in these games. You have some, you know, you have some up and comers in, in, in Burrow and obviously Josh Allen a little bit further along. But, you know, he's still looking to make his mark as far as the postseason is concerned. Um, you got Brady, you know, ultimate winner. You got Mahomes, Super Bowl winner. You got Aaron Rodgers, you know. And um, so we got some real, uh, some, you know, some intriguing games coming up. So look forward to that. Um, let's switch gears. Um, talk about our New York Knickerbockers for a moment. Um, the Knicks right now are a mediocre team. Uh, 500. They are currently outside of the play-in tournament because they are the 11th seed in the East. Um Last year, they were the fourth seed, which was a surprise to everybody, probably including the Knicks. Um, but they haven't really been that good this year. They haven't been good at home. They're 11 and 12 at home. So Madison Square Garden has not given them home court advantage. Um, Julius Randle is still their key guy. But recently, they picked up Cam Reddish from the Atlanta Hawks in a trade. And Cam Reddish was a teammate of R.J. Barrett at Duke, um, along with a guy who we haven't seen much of lately, which Zion Williamson, um, <laughs> um, who, quite frankly, let's just come out and say, it, is, is, is on the pathway to becoming one of the bigger busts in the yeah. NBA. I'm going to say it. I mean, people can talk about all the stuff they want and all oh, he's rehabbing this, that, or the other. I'm telling you. I think he's he's in danger of becoming one of the biggest busts 
the NBA has seen. And not because of his talent, but just for his inability to play and get out there and be healthy. Um, but in any event, uh, the Knicks picked up Cam Reddish from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, real quickly, man, what are your thoughts on the acquisition of Cam? I think that I'm excited about it. You know, they, the Knicks didn't really give up much. They gave up Kevin Knox, and I think it was like a protected first pick. Um, I'm excited for the potential. Cam Reddish, he's been injured a, quite a bit, so he hasn't really found his groove, I think, in the NBA yet. And then he was blocked by a bunch of guys with the Hawks. Um, so he may have a chance, at least we hope, has a chance to kind of live that potential out with the Knicks now. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he's used, especially in, in Thibodeau's system. He has a thing for not playing the young guys. So <laughs> we'll see how Reddish fits in, what minutes he's taking, if, you know, if Kobe's going to be going further into the bench or something like that. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in seeing how they utilize his versatility throughout the rest of the season. As, as soon as he comes back from, I think it's, it's an ankle injury now. As soon as he comes back from that, um, we'll see, man. I, I think it's an upgrade over Kevin Knox. Not that Kevin Knox is playing much, but we'll see, man. I'm excited for the trade and the potential that it has. I'm excited about it, too, because, you know, I think Cam Reddish brings to the Knicks some athleticism that they currently don't have. Um, I think when I look at the Knicks roster of the guys who play most often, I think the most athletic player is Obi Toppin, followed by um, Mitchell Robinson. Um, But they don't have athletic guards. and they have plotters at the forward spot with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Um, R.J. Barrett's good, and I think he's showing, you know, some signs of getting better. But he's not a dynamic. He He's a big body. He doesn't, you know, he's not quick. You know what I mean? He's not anything like that. He plays good defense, I think. Um, and so he's physical and he's talented in his own ways. But they don't have that explosion, that, that explosive type player the slasher, you know what I mean? The guy who seems like he can create his own shot. And I think um, Cam Reddish, you know, he has that potential. But one of the things is Cam Reddish has always been kind of a tease. You know what I mean? Like you always see the potential, but whether it's injuries or lack of playing time or both, he seems not to be able to put it together and bring all of that great potential to fruition. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if he does that with the Knicks. He's only 22, right? So, you know, you kind of like it and you say, man, if this guy can be what we think he can be, you know, that would make the Knicks a better team. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him get on the court. Um, I think he's going to have to show Tom Thibodeau that he deserves to be on the court. And that means he's going to have to practice hard and you know what I mean? And, Yes. And show that he can be a good teammate. Um, but assuming he does that and he gets on the court, uh, I'm intrigued to see what he does. Yeah, it's a lot of he's a big what if, you know, he's a big what if guy. And and if that what if can turn into what we think, then the Knicks got a got a steal in that trade, man. Yeah. And I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Real quickly, another point in the Knicks, and you and I were talking about this offline, and that's, you know, Julius Randle. Julius Randle has not had anywhere near the season this year as he had last year. Um, Julius Randle was fantastic last year. Uh, it was an all-star, and he legitimately had chance of MVP at the Garden, right? I mean, he was that good last year. Um, really upped his game in so many ways, in all facets, really, and was the leader of the next team until they got to the playoffs and had to play Atlanta. Um, and Atlanta just effectively took him out of the whole series. Uh, Julius has not been playing well this year. He had that infamous thumbs down thing a couple of weeks ago. Um, but here's the thing, Rob. Julius Randle's a nice player. And that's it, man. Yeah. I mean, he's not a superstar. And I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to lead any NBA team to the promised land. Can he be part of a team that reaches the promised land? Yes. But the Knicks right now, as currently constructed, are not that team. And, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm glad they're competitive. But they're a long way away, Rob, from even thinking about contending for a championship and Julius Randle is not the guy that's going to get them there. So, you know, and I don't know. So sometimes I look at Julius Randle and I even said he's been disappointing this year. It's based on what he did last year, but I think last year will stand out as an aberration in Julius Randle's career. Um, and that he'll have more years like this year where we'll see more uneven play. Um, that's my take on Mr. Randall. What's your thoughts on him? I think that last part you said is, is right on the money. Because if we look at his stats this year compared to the rest of his career except for last year, it's pretty much right on par with what Julius Randall has been his whole career. So I think what we saw last year was maybe a guy who was rejuvenated, you know, new coach, new system, new everything going on with the Knicks and the culture and Everyone's excited about the Knicks again last year. Um, but, yeah, he, he had a fantastic year. But this year, you know, it's disappointing in the sense of we're comparing it. Like you said, we're comparing it to last year, so it's disappointing. But I think when the Knicks signed Julius Randle out the gate, I thought to myself, I hope he's not the guy they lean on. I hope he's not going to be, you know, this is it. He's our number one because that means that the Knicks aren't trying to win a championship. Um, I think he's a great player. He's a, he's a good complementary piece. Maybe he could be the number two, so like a, a superstar that complements his game or vice versa or whatever the case may be. But if he's going to continue to be the number one guy for the Knicks, the number one option, I don't think the Knicks are going to get past the second round of the playoffs, you know? Um, so something needs to happen. I think what we're seeing this year is Julius Randle. This is who he is. And and that's it. We're not going to get much more of that. He'll have some nice games, sure. He'll drop 32 one game, grab 16 boards, eight assists, something like that. You know, something crazy from time to time. But to expect the guy who's going to consistently drop 25, get, you know, almost a triple-double every night, that's just not who he is. And I think we're seeing that this year. And – it's disappointing as an Knicks fan. Yeah, it's it's kind of sucks, but this is who he is. And I hope that the Knicks front office realizes this. And I don't know who's out there for the Knicks to get to be that superstar player, but 
they need to add more pieces with this team and not and not just build around Julius Randle alone. Yeah. I I agree, man. Listen, when Ju- when the Knicks signed Julius Randle, that was their, you know, big free agent signing a couple years ago. And then they followed up by signing, you know, Reggie Bullock and I think they yeah. like <laughs> Todd Gibson and stuff. And meanwhile, the Nets were signing KD and Kyrie and <laughs> and all the stuff. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Not even close, guys. You know what I mean? Nope. Like, you know, so, and again, Julius Randle, talented NBA player, but again, in, in, in a league that has superstars galore, um, he's not on that level. And when he's the main guy on your team, then that says a lot about your team. So yeah. the Knicks just have to face that reality and continue to try to build and maybe Randle becomes you know, a, a part of a winning team if some better pieces are around him. So we'll see. Um, the other New York team, the Brooklyn Nets, just can't seem to catch a break with their big three. You know, last year, Kevin Durant was out for for a good chunk of it. Kyrie then got hurt in the playoffs um, once Kevin was back. Um, um you know, this year, Kyrie was gone for most of the first half of the season because of his unvaccinated status and the New York law and the Nets policy of not having a part-time player. The Nets changed that policy. Kyrie's back to play road games, but not home games. The big three have played in a couple of games together, including one where they blew out, a you know, a, a hot Chicago Bulls team that then got blown out again by Golden State. So it just shows you how the NBA is. But yeah. <laughs> um, but now Kevin Durant is out, right, with a bum knee, and he's out for four to six weeks potentially. And so the big three aren't going to play again. And, you know, it, it, it's starting to – you're starting to get the feel of will this ever be an experiment of the of the Nets big three that never really gets going, right? Because these guys can't seem to get on the court at the same time for any sustained period of time. And we don't know what's going to happen with, with with KD and, you know, when he comes back and if all goes well and if Harden and, and Kyrie remain healthy. But um, I'm not a Nets fan, Rob, but I would like to see what these three superstars could do. I, I want them to have the opportunity to at least compete for a championship. Yeah, and I think it'll be good for the NBA, and even as a Knicks fan, I'll say it'll be good for New York to see a New York team fighting for a championship, you know? And I can't recall any team, at least not in recent memory, that had this collection of talent that never really played together. You know, because you had Oklahoma City when they had KD, Harden, and, and Westbrook when they were young, but they all played together. You know, they had the, the potential. Eventually, they broke them up, but they played together. You know, Golden State, the same thing. These guys drafted and played together. Um, the Miami Big Three, they all played together. But I've never seen – I can't think of a collection of talent that never got the chance to fully live it out and play games together. I think they played like 17 games since these three guys got together and it's it's I would love to like like you said I would love to see these three play a full season together play a full playoff you know full season together 
to see what they're all about, you know, to see them compete and knock teams out, blow teams out, or win close games down to the wire, whatever the case may be. But just to be able to see these guys, it'll be great for the NBA, great for the city of New York. Um, it's just unfortunate that we haven't had the chance for a multitude of reasons. We haven't had the chance to see that come to life yet. Yeah, and, you know, right now with KD out, we're not going to see it in in the immediate future. So, you know, the jury is still out and, and the questions still remain on on the Nets. And, and then the last NBA story I just want to touch on real briefly is how bad the Lakers have become. Uh, it's at the point now where their head coach, Frank Vogel, is on, you know, a watch as to whether or not he's going to get fired. Uh, reports are coming out that he's being evaluated game to game. Uh, they did beat Utah last night. Um, and, you know, some have said that if they did not win that game, he probably would have been fired. That's a bad situation for any coach to be in. Uh, but the Lakers have been bad. You know, they've been a poor team, poor defensive team, but they're poorly constructed too. Yes. Um, AD's been out. Anthony Davis has been out for a while, but he ha- he wasn't bringing it even when he was there. So that it, it's not about that. Um, they're just a bad mixture of guys. And Russell Westbrook has been terrible, um, you know, for the Lakers. LeBron James has been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, he's been playing lately, playing well, but they're as a as a team, as a collective they're just not a very good basketball team. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're going to have to shake up the team if they want to compete. But I think it's going to take more than the coach. This is not a coach issue. Yeah, this is this is a roster construction issue. They need different players. Um, and so maybe they will make a trade by the trade deadline. I wonder if they have enough guts to trade Russell Westbrook. And here's the other thing. I wonder if they have any takers for Russell Westbrook. That's Um, the big one. (laughs) You know what I mean? But they may just have to swallow their pride and say, we thought it was going to work, but it has not worked out and cut their losses and, you see if they can get Russ in a better situation with a team that maybe he can thrive with. Um, but it's not happening with the Lakers. No, and I question when they got Westbrook, I wondered how he would fit. I questioned if he would fit. Um, LeBron James teams have been most successful when he has guys who can really shoot around him because he's one of those guys, he drives down the lane, kicks out. That's that's his his court vision is insane. So he's always seeing the guys open. The the Lakers don't really have much of that going on. Um, I think it was a mistake letting Caruso walk in the off season. He's a piece that they could have used this year, and now they don't have him. Um, even um, Blank and KCP having him in there could have helped a three and D type guy. Um, but yeah, man, they're just not. You talk about the Knicks not being athletic. This team is is old and not athletic at all. They have a bunch mm-hmm. of guys who are well past their prime. And I like 
a guy like Carmelo Anthony. He's a great story. You know, came back with Portland and, and still playing in the NBA after people gave up on him. But, you know, Melo's never been known for defense, ever. It's been straight offense, and his game has declined. You know, he's older. He doesn't move around as, as well as he used to. And even then, you know, he was more of a of an ISO-type player to begin with. Right. And and that continues to be true to him. And the Lake, it's roster construction, man. You can fire the coach. You can fire the assistant. You can fire whoever. But what's on the court is what's not working. And I don't know if they have – if they're able to trade Westbrook. I don't know if anybody's going to take him. I'm not sure what his numbers are contract-wise. Um, but – they're going to have to include, I don't know if they can include picks because they traded a bunch of first round picks with the Anthony Davis trade and all that stuff. So I don't know if they can add picks to the Westbrook trade, who they would bring into the team, but they need to get athletic very fast and bring in some guys who can run around, create their own shots. You know, we're talking about Cam Reddish. Maybe he would have been a great fit for LA as a potential and, and play with LeBron and stuff like that. But man, this team is in danger. And I think, the Westbrook trade was on paper great because of what he could do, you know, triple double machine, but fit wise, it's just not, it hasn't worked out. Right. And it's not even Monday morning quarterbacking because, you know, we talked about it ourselves and others had talked about it as well. Like how is this going to work when Russell Westbrook needs to have the ball in his hands? And that's not going to happen on a team that has LeBron James. So, um, and it just hasn't panned out. And, you know, like you said, they're very old, um, you know, still looking for guys like Trezor, Trevor Ariza to give them, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, give them some athleticism. It's still looking for Dwight Howard to be a defensive stalwart and stuff like that. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are not, they're just not there, and it's a bad match, uh, a bad mix, I should say. Um, so in any event, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. And, and the other story in, in the NBA, lastly, I think is, you know, just to, it's the Ben Simmons watch. Is 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 he going to end up finally being traded, right? Or is this game of chicken going to go on for the whole season? Look, obviously, if he doesn't get traded, then it's a wrap, right? Ben Simmons is not playing this year. Um, but you know, let's see if he gets traded because there's been that's been heating up a little bit. And what's been interesting about it is that there's been reports of Tobias Harris being included in a Ben Simmons trade so that the Sixers would be looking to move both Simmons and Harris. And I think that makes it intriguing for a team looking to take on, you know, now you got two really good players. Um but you would have to imagine that the price tag would be mighty hefty yeah. for those two guys. You wonder what kind of player would be included in the, or the number of picks yeah. that would be included in the yeah. like that. It, it'll be a massive trade. Cause even though Ben Simmons hasn't played all year, obviously pretty sure he's keeping himself ready and in shape and all that stuff. So, and plus the potential of, of what he is is there. You know, nobody's going to sh- shy away from what kind of player he is. But, yeah, that, that's that price tag, boy. Oof. Yeah, it would have to be awfully high. So we'll see um, NBA trade, trade deadline. I'm not sure exactly when it is. Is it the 15th of? The 10th of February, I believe, February if I'm 10th. not mistaken. 
Okay, so we have a little bit less than a month, um, three weeks or so uh, before we get to the deadline. So we'll see. Um, I'm hoping Ben Simmons does get traded. I'd like to see him back on the court as well. I think, you know, you, you can't get your youth back. You know, there's a lot of things in life you can't get back. Yeah. And one of them is your time. <laughs> and, you know, I, I hate to see a young, talented player like Ben Simmons not get an opportunity to go out there and and to play and to compete. And so I want to see him back um, playing for someone, right? And And I'm hoping he can overcome this and you know maybe turn this into an inspiration for for others you know what i mean uh, just of overcoming yeah. um all the things that he's had to overcome so all right brother we're going to put a wrap on this one again um it's official i will be catching you next week in our nfl picks um because you had the audacity to pick um the rams over the buccaneers and <laughs> and uh uh the bills well i can't blame you on that one but you, you're picking the bills over the chiefs you probably should get you probably should if 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 your prediction of aaron Rodgers and his five tds and 49ers having zero chance and all the rest of that if if this comes out turns out to be a nail a nail biter even if the packers win um you should lose that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the rules committee. <laughs> I'm going to appeal. I, I want that ruling to be in place that even if the Packers win, which is your pick, but if they have to gut it out, you should lose that game. I'm going thumbs down on that one, Jeff. <laughs> Can't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, it should be, um, again, should be some great football. Um, And hopefully, listen, hopefully next time we get together, we might be able to talk some developments in baseball negotiations. There hasn't been any since last week's meeting between MLB and the union, at least nothing publicly has been reported. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes and whether or not, um, you know, we'll have spring training and opening day on time. But hopefully by the next time we get together, Rob, there'll be something to talk about on that front. And whether it's that or other things, we'll be sure to come and check it out and also to make our predictions for the NFC and AFC championship game. So a lot to look forward to, man. Have a great week, man. And, you know, we'll get together next week and do it all over again. Sounds like a plan, brother. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon.